Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. We all experience busy seasons, and today Stephanie and I are chatting about what Bible study looks like in the midst of the craziness of life. We'll talk about why we need God's Word when our plates are full, and share some practical tips for prioritizing Bible study in those busy seasons. Come on and join us. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace. My name is Joanna, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Stephanie. Hey, guys. So on our last episode, we had an awesome conversation with Kristen Schmucker, who is the founder of the Daily Grace Company, and she talked to us about the idea of biblical literacy. You know, as she was talking, she was just pointing out the idea that biblical literacy, knowledge of God in his word, is for everyone in every season, and there is tremendous value in studying the Bible daily. Yeah, and something that kind of came up in her interview and the episode before that is that studying the Bible daily is a spiritual discipline, and it requires effort. There's no shortcuts to growth. Mm -hmm. And so today, we are going to talk about Bible study in busy seasons. And I think this is a topic that has gained a lot of traction in recent years because, praise God, women are desiring to engage more with the Word of God. Mm, and we yeah. are really beginning to realize that biblical literacy is for us in whatever season that we're in. Yeah, it's so important. But like you said, it is hard. You know, it might be that you are a college student or maybe a single woman in the workforce, or maybe you are a stay-at-home mom with tiny little people. And especially in like those newborn years or newborn months, weeks, (laughs) however long it lasts, it feels like years. (laughs) But it is hard. And every season has its own degree of busyness. And, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about how important the Word of God is, and it really is so important. Important. And we do have to realize, though, you know, in these different seasons, this Bible study might look different when we have so many things clamoring for our time and clamoring for our attention. And listen, we know it is hard. It is not an easy thing to get into our Bibles every day. Yeah, but our intention in this episode is not to kind of give you a magic formula to have the perfect Bible study time. It doesn't because, exist. <laughs> right. We don't know it. Let us know if you know. Yes. Um, but we do definitely want to share some practical tips that we hope will be helpful for you in whatever season of life you're in. But it is going to be nowhere near exhaustive. And as always, before we get to those tips, we want to talk about why any of this matters, why we should prioritize the Bible in these busy seasons of life when we have so many things vying for our attention. So we are going to transition into the why of Bible study. Yeah. 
I really do believe that there's a reason for everything that we do, um, even if we're not particularly conscious of it. The way that we use our time says a lot about what we deem is important. And I once heard someone say that if you really want to see someone's priorities or what's important to them to do two things. One, look at their checkbooks, where they spend their money. And two, look at their planners, how they spend their time. That's convicting. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I think this really is useful and a good way for me and you to examine ourselves, um, especially when you feel like you have no time to study God's word. That's like the perfect time to examine yourself. Yeah. And, you know, consistently studying the Bible can be really difficult. And I think a lot of the times the reason for that, like you said, Stephanie, is if we're really honest with ourselves, we don't always have the motivation to do Mm -hmm. it. Sometimes we really just don't want to do it. And, you know, we might think that we should read the Bible because we are supposed to, or maybe we don't even know why we think that we should be reading it, but we have this idea, like, you're supposed to do this, right? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to wake up and have a quiet time to, like, start your day on the right foot or whatever it is, you know, that we've heard throughout the years. And, you know, sometimes I think that we don't realize what an amazing thing studying the Bible is. We don't realize that the Bible is no less the Word of God than if God appeared to us directly. So, I mean, like, think about this. What if you were sitting in a room and all of a sudden you heard the voice of God audibly? out loud right now. Oh my. I I don't know about you, but I think I would be, first of all, in shock. (laughs) And then I would listen so intently, like try and tune out everything else. And then as soon as the voice was gone, I would grab a pen or my phone and write down everything that God had said to the best of my ability. And I would imagine that we'd all do the same thing, right? right? We would oh, yeah. we would go back to it. We would read it over and over and over again, probably sure. to the point where we had it memorized and could recite every little detail. And I think a lot of us probably wish that we could do that. You know, we wish that God would just come to us and tell us what to do or tell us how to deal with this situation that we're in right now. You know, give me insight. A lot of times we pray this, God, let me hear your voice. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that we have the word of God in the Bible, and it is no less extraordinary than if God spoke audibly to us right now. It is an incredible thing that God's very words are written down and in our hands, in our pockets, right at our fingertips at any time. And we should treasure the Bible and hold on to it just as much as we would treasure a audible word from God. Right. And I think we just naturally or easily can forget that, like treasuring the word. Mm -hmm. Because I think like the average is like, the average American home has like four copies of the Bible. But (laughs) we forget like what a treasure it is um, that we have the word of God. But we wanted to share with you guys four reasons. There are many, but we're going to share four today, four reasons to study God's word. And that is going to help us establish the why so that we will be properly motivated to study, study the Bible daily. So I'm going to start us off here. Reason number one to study God's word is because it's a command. 
Matthew mm-hmm. twenty two thirty seven says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And actually, this is cited from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And that passage is very interesting because it's actually Israel's Shema, which is one of only two prayers that are specifically commanded in the Torah. Yeah. And I just thought that was just really beautiful that it's this ancient prayer that used to be uh, recited day and night. And mm-hmm. actually, I wanted to read that because I think it gives a fuller picture um, of what we're kind of saying here. It says, yeah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And the, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be a, as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them in the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So it's really like a comprehensive, sacred command. And in order to love the Lord, our God, we have to know him. Yeah. And the way we know him, like Joanna said, is through the study of his words, his very words. Yeah. And that's what really got hit this home for me was when Jen Wilkins, a couple of years ago, kind of really harped on this. She said, the heart can't love what the mind doesn't know. And that was such a pivotal realization for me um, Mm -hmm. a few years back. And the thing that I love about that command, you know, I know that when you said the first reason to do it is because it's a command. My mind was kind of like, well, I don't want to do it. (laughs) You know, like, why am I being commanded to do something? But I love that passage in Deuteronomy because what it is showing us is that God's command to us is a command for us to love, yeah, a command for us to delight. And I just think it's so incredible that this command that God has on our lives isn't a isn't an order to do all of these things and mm-hmm. um, isn't, you know, you have to do this in order to, to be in good standing with me. Right. But his commands are not to restrict us or to limit the fun that we can have, but his commands are for our joy and for our delight. And I just, I love that. And that was, that was a huge realization for me as well. I'm glad that you said that because when we think about the chief aim of man, you might've heard it. It comes from the Westminster Catechism and it says the chief aim of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So that's like that love part, that delight part that you were talking about. So although it's a command and that sounds kind of ugly, It's really for our good and for our enjoyment of him. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, a command from God should be reason enough (laughs) to do it. But we, we do have even more reasons, even more amazing benefits of studying God's word. It doesn't stop with a command. Um, But one amazing thing about studying God's word is that it brings about our sanctification. And I think we've mentioned this word before, this term sanctification. This means that we are being made righteous. So you might hear us talk about justification and sanctification. Justification is when we are declared righteous by the blood of Christ. But after we are declared righteous, all throughout our lives, the Holy Spirit 
begins to actually make us that way. He begins to make us more and more like Christ, and that's called sanctification. And this happens through the Word of God. In case you uh, haven't memorized it from hearing us say it so much by now, <laughs> 1 Timothy three sixteen through 17 tells us all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for, this is the part that I wanted to emphasize tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> we're recording at night. <laughs> Right. The part that I wanted to emphasize is training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The word of God trains us in righteousness. It helps us to become righteous by the power of the Holy Spirit through the word of God. And so the scriptures help to actually transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. You know, all those self-help books we could read or, you know, all of these things that we try to do to transform ourselves a bit, maybe at the new year, those things don't bring lasting transformation. What does is the word of God. Right. And I actually heard that today about how we can have sound doctrine and sound theology, but that's not enough. We Mm. need the Holy Spirit to kind of break that in our hearts and transform us. And I'm going to piggyback off of you for reason number three on First yeah. Timothy three sixteen through 17, because oh, it, yeah. <laughs> it really is like our three theme verse. Yeah, so far it is. <laughs> yeah, and that just happened. It was not planned. Um, but we study God's word to be equipped to share the good news. And that's kind of going off of what you just read. Um, our study of scripture equips us for every good work. And every good work mm-hmm. brings glory to God because he is the source of those very good works. Hmm. I'm going to also read from 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We are workers for Christ, and we should strive to rightly handle the word of God. And actually, when I initially learned that, you know, the heart can't love what the mind doesn't know, I also... Mm -hmm. This verse was also a big one for me because I was like, I want to be someone who rightly handles the word of truth. Yeah. And when you're talking about, you know, equips us to share the good news, you know, we we aren't going to share what our heart doesn't love. Right. And we won't be able to share what our mind doesn't know. And so we're called to be to be disciples and to be disciple makers. And so if we are to to share that good news, then we need to make sure that we know it and that we love it and that we are immersed in it. Okay. Um, Fourth reason for studying God's word is it helps us to stand firm in our faith. I love this passage from Ephesians 4. This is verses 11 through 14. It says, As he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, so far, this is essentially saying that God gave us those people, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, those people who spoke on God's behalf in writing the scriptures and those people who teach about the scriptures to help us become mature in our faith. 
And what is the point of that maturity? Well, the next part says, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Okay, this is an idea I feel like we don't talk about very much because what this verse is telling us is, hey, there are people who are going to try and deceive you, right? The We have an enemy who is deceitful and he is crafty and he will try and weasel his way into our to our beliefs and our thoughts and twist what we believe about God. And we need to be in God's word so that we can know what is true and know what are lies from the devil. And I think that we are quick to forget that there are even people among those who call themselves believers who will be teaching things that are contrary to God's word. And the only way that we can know what aligns with God's word is to know God's word. Absolutely. I think all throughout the New Testament, there's so much about false teachers and an issue Mm -hmm. that was seen a lot in the Old Testament was false prophets. So it's so Mm -hmm. essential that we know what the truth is. Um, That way we can see what a counterfeit um, messages. Yeah, I love those verses, and I believe it's in the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, "You know, my my sheep know my voice, right. and you know we know the voice of God by reading it, right? By reading right. His words, and um, and when we know His voice, then we recognize what is His voice and what is not. Yeah, that makes me want to go read my Bible right now. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I also like the part where you read, um, don't be like children tossed to and fro by the waves. Hmm. Um, we want childlike faith, but not childish faith. We do want oh, to mature yeah. in our understanding of God's word. Um, and yeah, so moving on. So that was our four reasons. We want to give you a couple of reasons not to study the Bible. So these are not good motivators to study God's word. Right. We are not saying don't study the Bible. Right. We're saying these aren't the right reasons to do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and one of those is to earn God's favor. Mm. Another one is to complete an item on a to-do list, which is so difficult for type A people like me. Mm. <laughs> Third, to be a good Christian, quote unquote. And fourth, to avoid feeling guilt or shame. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I so easily fall into some of these. I specifically fall into the trap of studying the Bible to earn God's favor or be a good Christian. And sometimes it's not even earning God's favor. Sometimes I study the Bible to earn the favor of other people, Mm -hmm. to make myself look good. Mm -hmm. And I hate saying that. It pains me to say it. But it's true. And, you know, when I'm thinking about why we study the Bible and why we or and what are bad reasons to study the Bible, I think that we need to be really careful to avoid two extremes in our approach. And those are the extremes of legalism and apathy. So, you know, when we look at legalism, 
we are believing that we are saved by our good works, right? And when this applies to Bible study, this is that trying to earn God's favor, right? Trying to be a good Christian saying, okay, I am studying the Bible. This is a good work that I have to do in order to be a good Christian. And legalism comes from the belief even if we wouldn't say it out loud, but the belief in our hearts that we are somehow saved by some goodness of our own, some Mm -hmm. work that we can do and following these rules in order to justify ourselves, right? Believing that we can justify ourselves. And the other extreme is apathy. And this is where we say, you know what? I'm saved by grace. I don't need to read the Bible, It doesn't make any difference, right? I don't have to do it, so I'm not going to do it. But here's the thing. Both of those extremes miss the point 100%. They miss the point of delighting in God's word, that we go to God's word to know him and to love him through his word. Reading the word of God is not a rule that we have to complete or have to follow in order to be good enough. But reading the word of God is something that is life-giving. Absolutely. And I am right there with you with those confessions. Um, And I think we just need to frequently pause and self-examine ourselves. You know, are our motives pleasing to the Lord? It makes me think of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus talks about all of the moral laws that the Pharisees knew and upheld, and he was calling them to a deeper obedience. He was concerned with the motives of their heart. It's one thing to uphold the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. There are two things, Mm -hmm. and they were just focusing on the letter of the law. And so that deeper obedience, that deeper interpretation is what kind of Jesus was looking for. And he is more concerned with the person than the action or the discipline. And basically also saying like, on our own, we cannot uphold the letter of the law first and foremost, even though we think we might. And we can't uphold the spirit of the law 100% ever. And that's why we need Jesus. Right. Yeah. You know, my pastor on Sunday was talking about this exact idea. He was reading from, I believe it's Matthew 15, where Jesus tells the Pharisees, he says, what goes into a person does not defile him, but what comes out Mm. is what defiles him. And the disciples come to Jesus. They said, hey, Jesus, you know that the Pharisees were offended by what you said, right? And the point is, the Pharisees were offended because Jesus was saying, you cannot be good enough on your own. It is your heart that is what is defiling you. And there's no amount of memorizing the law, right? Memorizing scripture, reading God's word. There's no amount of that that can make you righteous on your own merit. But what makes you righteous is Jesus Christ who transforms your very heart. Um, So yeah, we just, we can't get stuck in this rut of thinking, Okay, if I read my Bible, if I have a scheduled Bible reading time and I do it enough, then that's going to make God love me. It's going to make me good enough because of what I've done. Right. And that's a good point. That reminds me of if you're feeling condemned, Mm -hmm. that's not really from the Lord. But if you're feeling convicted, that is from the Spirit. You know, don't feel shame and guilt about not doing your Bible study because that is kind of putting you on the trajectory of trying to earn God's favor. Yeah. 
But if you're feeling convicted because you haven't spent time with the Lord, that's saying, come in this relationship. You know, I want to be with you. That, like, you want to be with the Lord. That's where the conviction is. You're not feeling, you're not going to him in shame. Hmm. Yeah. Guilt or doing something out of guilt. You're doing it out of love. That makes sense. That's a really, a really good and important distinction. And I think that when we feel that condemnation, when we feel that shame, that's a time to get on our knees and confess it to God and ask him to give us a right understanding of our own hearts and his salvation and just ask him to give us a desire for his word um, Mm -hmm. rather than just a desire to justify ourselves. Right. Okay. So hopefully we have convinced you that this is really important. (laughs) And so now we want to move on to the how. And we want to just reiterate We are not here to give you a special formula that's going to make daily Bible study happen. We are not experts (laughs) and we are sinners and we don't do these things perfectly. Uh, Far from it, in fact. Mm -hmm. At least I I know I can speak for myself on that. (laughs) Me too, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think, though, that it is helpful to hear what has worked for other people even if it's other imperfect people, right? We can help each other along on this journey. So let me kind of tell you what season I'm in right now and how I um, I make Bible study work. So I currently have a toddler-aged daughter, and I am working full-time from home with part-time childcare. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it can be difficult to find time it to really get into God's word. And so for me, the way that I make it work is that I wake up early. And I think I mentioned, you know, in our first episode, I really love sleep. So this is a difficult (laughs) one for me, Um, but it's so worth it. And so I try to wake up early before my daughter. And what I like to do is while I'm getting ready in the morning, while I'm, you know, putting on makeup or whatever it is that I'm doing, I like to just turn on an audio Bible and listen while I'm getting ready. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that's not a time of like inductive Bible study, but I do love being able to hear scripture, a lot of scripture at once and see the big story. And I think Mm -hmm. it's actually really helpful And so I actually was encouraged to do this by Kristen, who we interviewed last episode, but just to listen to the Bible from start to finish in the mornings while you're getting ready so that you're constantly hearing this big story of redemption. And then after I've gotten ready, I try to spend some intentional time um, in a specific book of the Bible, whatever book of the Bible I'm working in right then. And I'm going to be honest, there are some days when my daughter wakes up early and the intentional deep Bible study can't happen first thing in the morning, you know, and um, on those days, you know, I'm grateful that I had the time to listen to the audio Bible mm-hmm. and I try to fit it in other times, um, but it's going to look different and that's okay. One thing I like to do also is I have a scripture memory journal from Daily Grace and I will write down Bible verses that I want to memorize and I put them on my kitchen windowsill. I have a window right above my sink in my kitchen. So if I'm doing dishes, I can glance up and 
recite through whatever verse it is I'm trying to memorize one time. And it's just a way to have God's word in front of me throughout the day in the busy season that I'm in. Right. I can't imagine working full time from home. (laughs) You're doing awesome. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So I have three kids. They are 10 months my son is almost four. He'll, he'll be four next week. And then a five-year-old. So three kids. Hmm. And we are out the door by 7.30 a.m. on school days. Wow. Um, right. Because my daughter is in kindergarten and the other two stay at home with me. And then I just started working part-time from home with Daily Grace. Um, so I'm kind of in an adjustment period of yeah. figuring out how it works. But it has, this is kind of what has worked for me the past few years is I really strive to get up in the morning also to do my quiet time. And that time shifts. Um, it used to be 6 a.m. when it was just the two kids and that was enough to have an hour um, to myself. And now with a 10 month old, um, hmm. I've kind of had to move that clock up a little bit because yeah. she <laughs> she goes to bed earlier and wakes up earlier. Mm. And so it's just always an adjustment in that kind of way. But I do strive to keep it in the morning. That has just been what I have felt prompted to do. And that is my time to just delight in the word. And when I say mm. that, it's I mean, it's not my time to do inductive Bible study. Mm. And that's when I usually do my Bible reading plan. Um, and a recommendation that my mentor recently gave me was when you're particularly tired, just listen to that day's reading and follow along. And I have mm. used that on days that I am especially tired. Tired. And something else I do in the morning is also um, prayer journal. I don't do it mm. all the time, but um, I do really try to couple prayer and Bible reading together. And so yeah. I strive to do to write in there once a week for each family member. But one mm. thing I've recently done that I have so enjoyed was um, committing to praying at least one way to or from school. And that's 20 minutes. Uh. And that's just letting my kids watch a DVD, you know, on the way to school in the morning. And that's mm-hmm. just 20 minutes for me to just pray. Um, and I have just been so richly blessed by that because even though they're there, like I, that's very intentional prayer time for me yeah. <laughs> just driving in the car. And so I don't do this every day, but I would like to um, in the afternoons or sometimes when I come home after drop off, I'll do a little bit of more in-depth study. So whether that's um, the Bible study that I am doing with our um, chapel or local church or something that I have decided to do um, inductively of, of a book of the Bible. Um, and that could be at over like snack time or lunch with my mm-hmm. other two kids because I do find that there is value in letting my si- kids see me in the word because yeah. when I do it in the morning, they don't see me. So they won't know that that's important to me. Right. Um, so balancing the two. And I just wanted to pause and give a note of encouragement. It does not have to be early in the morning. Right. Um, that's where that legalism side could come up. Um, there are seasons like we're talking about today. Um, however, I will say that every season, no matter what season you're in, it is hard. There is, it's a myth that it'll get easier. You know, right. oh, <laughs> when my kids sleep through the night, it'll get easier. No, it won't. <laughs> um, at least that's what I'm hearing from the moms that have older kids. It doesn't get easier. They're always, it's always something. And spiritual disciplines will always be spiritual disciplines. 
But if mm. you are wanting to get up early, I kind of wanted to share my story of how I got to that into that habit of getting up early because yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't easy and it wasn't pretty. That's why I want to share it. Mm. And I distinctly remember like feeling prompted to get up early. And the first like day I tried it, I remember going downstairs so tired and sitting on our little couch or whatever and and opening up the Bible and literally I fell asleep with my like head <laughs> back and my mouth wide open. Oh, I love it. And <laughs> I woke up and like laughed at myself. I was like, "Lord, I'm sorry. You're probably looking down or just looking at me <laughs> laughing that I can't even keep my eyes open. But you know what? I got up the next day and I tried something else. I washed my face, you know, with cold water. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the Lord sees that and he saw my heart in it and it became easier and easier as I as I did it. And mm -hmm. I think I read this from Piper years ago, but he said the discipline of getting up early is actually the discipline of getting to sleep early. Mm -hmm. And that was so key for me because I would stay up too late. Like no wonder I couldn't get up in the morning yeah. and focus. Right? right. So that's just an encouragement to you guys. Wake up and wash your face or like Joanna does, get ready before you even get to your word so that you feel more put together. Um, and John Piper says, put the word of God before any busyness. Don't mm. leave the word to fill the cracks. Force other things into the cracks. Mm. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. Joanna, do you have any other tips or have heard from others? Yeah. So a few more kind of practical tips. And, you know, a lot of these are really great for, like I said, those times like when you have a newborn baby and there is no waking up early because there was never really a bedtime, you know, <laughs> right. it's a blur. <laughs> You're up every two or three hours anyway. So how can you wake up early? But um, one one tip, especially for those busy seasons, write down a Bible verse on a note card or on a note on your phone and meditate on that mm -hmm. scripture throughout the day. You know, there are going to be seasons when Bible study is going to look different, and yeah. that is okay. We don't want to use busyness as a reason to not be in the Word, but we do need to give ourselves grace and realize Absolutely. it's not always going to be that we have an hour to do inductive Bible study every day, mm -hmm. and that is okay. But what is true is that we need God's Word. It is our daily bread. It is yeah. life to our souls. And so, you know, Scripture commands us to meditate on the Word of God day and night. And so even if all you can do is write down one Bible verse and read it while your baby is nursing or taking a mm -hmm. bottle or taking a nap, you know, whatever it might be, fall asleep with that verse in your mind, you know, yeah. just whatever you can do to have Scripture in front of yourself. Another one I already mentioned was listen to the Bible while you're getting ready for the day, while you're in the car, maybe while you're working out or even making dinner. You know, there are some great apps. The YouVersion Bible app has free audio Bible. Um, there's a app that I saw recently called Dwell. And yeah. it's it has, um, you can have background music with it if you want, or you can have no music. You can have dramatized versions, which get Real exciting, let me tell you. I listened to the I listened to the book of Jonah with the dramatized version. There Ooh. are 
th- uh, thunderstorms and waves crashing. It's really intense. That would but, be fun with kids. <laughs> it would be really fun with kids. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a great way to get your kids involved. Um, so audio Bibles are awesome. Um, and, you know, one thing that I think I actually heard this from Jen Wilkin, <laughs> which we have been quoting her already. We love her. One thing that Jen Wilkin, I did hear her say was, hey, if you don't have time to study the word of God in a deep, inductive kind of way every day, then pick a day of the week where you schedule intentional time where you can study more in depth. Maybe that means for an hour you have a friend or a babysitter come over and watch your kids and doesn't have to be every day. But I do think that intentional Bible study is very important. And so if we are just listening to scripture throughout the week or we are just reading without, you know, really stopping to study deeply throughout the week and we can have one time throughout the week where we stop and we really dig deeper then that will be so, so beneficial to us. It doesn't have to be an everyday thing if that's not the season of life that you're in. I love the idea of investing in a sitter, but if that's not in your budget, like Mm -hmm. plug into a local church that is hosting a Bible study with free childcare. Yeah, a lot of them have that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just utilize it. Seek it out because it's out there. Or even if if you can't find something like that, Maybe you schedule a play date for your kid and you and the other mom have Bible study time while your kids play in the room next to you. You know, whatever, no, whatever, whatever you need to do. Um, Stephanie, you kind of mentioned this before, but read out loud to your kids. I know you said, you know, having your kids watch you, but I think sometimes we forget you know, we could actually just read scripture to them, you know, and as we are reading to them, not only is the word getting into their hearts, but it's getting into ours. I love the Jesus storybook Bible. I don't know if you, yeah. So it's, it's, it's very much a paraphrase, you know, but it is absolutely amazing. And I can't get through a page of it without crying. Me too. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) And it's just such an amazing way. I've actually recommended it to new believers or just Mm -hmm. people who haven't studied the Bible before. I say, listen, I know it's for kids, but you will learn so much. But just read to your kids and then you're both hearing God's word. You're both learning about it. Exactly. That whole meta narrative that you might be hearing us throw around about how Jesus is in every book of the Bible and it's like this whole big story like that is so beautifully depicted in the storybook Bible and I think that is why I tear up when I'm reading Mm -hmm. you know about Old Testament stories because it it shows you how Jesus is there and yeah I can't recommend all of it yeah 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 and you know maybe it is that you do want some time to yourself if you have older kids even if they're not napping anymore Tell them to have quiet time. You know, maybe it is that they go read for 30 minutes. Maybe it is that you let them watch a TV show or they have snack time or you bust out a bin of toys that only comes out once a week. You know, that's like special toys for them to play with um, so that you have time to study. And then one more I have is leave your Bible open somewhere that you will see it often. Maybe that's on your kitchen counter and you can just pick up wherever you left off. You know, if you started reading in 
the book of Numbers and you got to chapter two and then you had to stop and go back and read a few verses and then, you know, mix your breakfast up or whatever you're doing and then read a few more. Just leave it there where you can see it and you'll come to it more often. Yeah, these are all such great tips. And if you're type A like me, just let go of your plans that it has to look a certain way yeah. or it has to be perfect or, you know, why try? Like, don't have that mindset. Just have the mindset that, no, this is my daily bread. Mm. And I think Piper also says this, like, don't have breakfast if you're not going to read the Bible in the sense that it's that important of daily yeah. bread. If you have time to eat a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner, you have time to read the Bible. Yeah. Um, isn't it interesting how we say we're so busy, but the things that we make time for because we know how much we need them? Yeah. And that kind of is going into the next part that I wanted to talk about. I have a very good quote for you today. <laughs> oh, more quotes. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I recently wrote a blog post for Daily Grace, the blog, and it's going to be published soon. But it was a quote that I came across and it was so eye-opening and so humbling um, that I wanted to share. It's from Don Whitney's um, Spiritual Disciplines. Mm. And he says, quote, it takes about 70 hours to read the Bible from cover to cover. That's less time than the average American spends in front of the television every month. In wow. other words, I know, if most people would exchange their TV time for scripture reading, they'd finish reading the entire Bible in four weeks or less. If that sounds unworkable, consider this. In no more than 15 minutes a day, you can read through the Bible in less than a year's time. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I read that, I was so humbled. I was honestly, mm. like we talk about confession and repentance, like that was a time for me to confess and repent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And ident it made me, I want to identify where is my time going? What are these distractions? And I need to identify them so that I can actively fight against them. And when I did that, it was like, okay, hey, I am scrolling through Instagram or mindlessly browsing Amazon for, oh my word, more than two hours a day. That's wow. yeah. so, I don't want to admit that, but it probably is true even today, maybe. Oh man, and the new iPhone feature where it tells yes. you weekly how much time you spend per day. Yeah. Yeah, that's been real <laughs> convicting. <laughs> I kind of want to turn it off, but then I think... I shouldn't turn it off. <laughs> I need to prioritize my time. I know. The iPhone does have all of these really cool settings that it's good and bad. <laughs> it <Yeah>. has <laughs> settings to help you actually create boundaries. And I actually noticed that. I think it was um, Emily Jensen from Risen Motherhood who um, talked about how you can go to the settings screen and then you can, oh, well, you go to settings and you click on screen time and then you can create downtimes and app limits. Mm. And I had to do that. Once I realized that, I was like, okay, I need a battle plan here. And so using the feature in the iPhone, I was able to put a limit on my social media to an hour a day. And once you reach that hour, it'll give you like a five minute notice. And then it'll like make your social media apps like go to sleep. Wow. And then, yeah, it's awesome. And then when you have downtime, so mine's like from 10 to seven, it like shuts down all of your apps, really. Wow. And it, yeah, it makes it go to sleep. So it helps you form these boundaries. So even though the iPhone may be 
a huge distraction for many of us today. Mm-hmm. Let the phone be a tool that works for you, not against you. Yeah, I love that. Another thing that I would add is that a great thing to do is to have an accountability partner too. Yes. Um, you know, sometimes I have really good intentions to wake up early or to make sure that I am prioritizing Bible study. And then, you know, my alarm goes off and all my good intentions go down the drain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I do. I push the snooze button and I know that that's not going to help me feel any more rested to lay in my bed for 15 minutes. But I do. And but here's the thing. If I know that one of my friends is going to be looking for a text message from me telling them that I'm awake, I'm going to get up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of bed. And so it might mean that you find somebody that you meet with once a week and that you're studying through the Bible today. Or it might mean that you you have someone that you both plan to wake up at the same time every day. It can be as simple as just checking in at the end of the day with each Mm -hmm. other and saying, hey, what did you read today? And when you know that someone's going to ask you about that, it reminds you, one, that it's super important, and two, that, oh yeah, this needs to be a priority, and that my brothers and sisters in Christ are holding me accountable for my good and for my sanctification. Yeah, that's actually kind of how I started to went in my story about um, waking up early. Mm-hmm. When I was falling asleep, I actually reached out to a friend and I was like, hey, do you want to start getting up early to do quiet times? And she wanted to as well and was struggling. And so we just kind of texted each other at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. at the time. And it's kind of that concept of if you really want someone to come to an event, make them either pay, prepay or bring cookies. <laughs> Because it's that idea that someone else is expecting you and counting on you. Yeah. And that's just really powerful, I think. Yeah. I love that quote from the queen of quotes. (laughs) That is actually my quote. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I I quoted myself. (laughs) And then I wanted to say something for those of you who may be just on the struggle bus of Mm. constantly feeling like you're failing and you can't get on top of it. You're you're wanting the desire is there. You're wanting to get in the word, but you just can't seem to fit in the Bible study in this busy time. Mm. And I kind of wanted to just give a suggestion of maybe stirring things up and trying a different strategy, like maybe the morning's is not for you. So try something else. Let that go. And maybe it's going to be lunchtime for you. I recently read an article by John Piper, and he talked about the passage in Luke 10, 40 through 42. And I love the story about Martha and Mary Mm. and how Mary chose the good portion. And Jesus says there's only one thing that's needed and Mary chose it. And, you know, it was the good portion. Mm. And it's the idea that so many of us have so much going on, whether that's a full time job that we need to do um, because we have bills to pay and we need to cook. We have kids that need meals, they, you know, three meals a day and snacks. Yeah. Um, we want some of us really like to exercise and need it. You know, we want to steward our bodies well. We need to go grocery shopping. We need to clean the house. And we have these responsibilities that the Lord wants us to be faithful to. Hmm. But Piper was just saying, maybe, maybe 
those things don't require as much time and energy as we may think. Mm -hmm. Saying, yes, you want to do those things, but hey, how about maybe you don't need to exercise an hour and a half a day. Maybe an hour is sufficient. Mm -hmm. Or for me, I was thinking, okay, grocery shopping. You know what? One way that I can make time in my day is to do a grocery pickup. Yes. And that's okay. I've saved yeah. so many hours of my life <laughs> with grocery Me pickup. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Yeah. But it's just this idea that there are cares in this world. Like in Luke eight fourteen, where it says the cares of life was choking and preventing us from having mature fruit. Like whatever busy season you're in, these cares of life are going to be there. They might look differently, but they're going to be there. So we want to be um, diligent and strategic and not let that choke us out and prevent us from um, a mature fruit. So yeah. And I, I loved what you were saying about, hey, if it's not working, try something different. And, you know, I think that we can say that we have all been on that struggle bus and you are not alone in that. And, you know, it's funny, as you said that, I think that we get so ingrained in our minds that we have to do it a certain way, you know, like, oh, 6 a.m. is the holiest time to read my Bible. (laughs) And that's just not that's just not true. And so, you know, when you're talking about how what matters is that Mary chose the good portion, right? That 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 is what is important. It's not about doing it the way that, you know, your Sunday school teacher told you is the best way to do it. Or it's mm-hmm. not about waking up super early or spending X amount of minutes in Bible study or using the best note-taking method, highlighting method, or having like the prettiest art journaling Bible, right? It's mm-hmm. not about any of that, but it's about treasuring Christ. And we do that in his word. And so, yeah, if there is something that is just making it where it's just not working, you know, you have been trying for months to get up early consistently, and God has not made you to be a morning person. It's really okay for you to have your Bible study in the middle of the day or at night, right? You know, it's, I've heard people say, you know, well, you need to wake up early because that's, that's your best time. But for some of us, our best time, the time when we're most focused and most able to, to be present and to delight in God through his word might not be early in the morning. And that's really okay. Right. It is truly about treasuring Christ and, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to get in his word because we want to know him so that we can love him. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to read Psalm 19, 9 through 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Even such fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. So it's just saying the word of God is so sweet and Mm -hmm. it's so satisfying. And, you know, fear of the Lord, you know, is the beginning of wisdom. That is an awe and a reverence for God. And that is our goal in going to the word. We want to be in awe and revere him and, Mm -hmm. um, 
One last note I wanted to talk about in terms of kind of switching things up strategy-wise. Um, I recently read a book um, from R.C. Sproul. I will link it in our show notes. But he kind of mentioned a good way. He was saying basically a lot of people, they have this goal to read through the Bible in a year, but they can't get through the first five chapters. Hmm. He said, if you get through the first five chapters, you're more likely, um, I don't know the percentage, to get through the whole Old Testament. But most people can get through the New Testament, but they can't get through that first five chapters in the Old Testament. So he actually recommended kind of a different um, order to the books of the Bible in hmm. the Old Testament to kind of, you know, keep you engaged and also give you the framework of the old Bible. And it started with like Genesis, Exodus, and then jumping to like Joshua and Judges. And I thought that was so great. You know, it makes me uncomfortable kind of jumping around, but (laughs) you know, why not? It's all a big story. So I am going to link that in the show notes because I thought that was such a great um, strategy. If you are struggling, like if Leviticus and Numbers trips you up every single year that you're trying to do a Bible reading plan, switch it up, put it, yeah. you know, <laughs> a little later in the year um, so that you can get through um, such rich stuff in, you know, first and second Samuel and first and second Kings and Psalms and Proverbs and get to even the minor prophets like Amos and Hosea. Oh my goodness, Hosea. Hmm. So (laughs) (laughs) don't get me started on Hosea. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. Hosea is amazing. It is. Okay. Well, ladies, as we wrap up, you know, I just, I want us to remember that We need God's word. And it's not because reading it gives us favor with God. It's not because having a daily quiet time is part of this list that's called how to be a good Christian that you have to check it off, right? But because God's word is life-giving. It shows us who he is. It teaches us to stand firm in our faith. It gives us hope in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that we tend to walk away from Bible study and busy seasons of life. But I really believe that those times when we feel overwhelmed, that's not a reason to take a break from God's word, but it's a reason to run to God's word. When we are feeling overwhelmed, when we are feeling like we are at the end of ourselves, That is a beautiful thing because at the end of ourselves, we find the strength of God, right? I love how Mm -hmm. Paul says that he boasts in his weakness because when he is weak, then he is strong because God's strength is the one at work in him. And you know, it's going to look different in different seasons of life and that's okay, but let's make sure that we are always prioritizing God's word in our lives. And, you know, my prayer for myself and for all of us is that God would stir in our hearts an affection for his word, a desire for his word, and that when we are in it, that we would encounter him. I love reading this verse at the beginning of my Bible study time and reading it as a prayer, reciting it as a prayer mm-hmm. to God. It's Psalm one nineteen eighteen, and it says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And that's mm-hmm. my prayer for us, that when we see the word of God, that the Holy Spirit would 
open our eyes to the beauty and the goodness and the glory of God and that we would find delight and true joy there. Yeah. And I like that encouragement of praying. If you're in Mm -hmm. a super busy season, um, which many of you are, just pray. Pray and ask the Lord to give you margin in your day. Pray and ask him to wake you up a few minutes before your alarm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, pray that he would incline your heart to his word and that he would um, open your eyes, like Joanna said, to the wondrous things in his word. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you were encouraged. And if you know someone who might be encouraged by this episode as well, feel free to share it with them. Yeah, I think that we all know someone who's in a busy season of life. I know that we have all been there as well. Well, our show notes from today's episode, as always, are online at dailygracepodcast.com. You can go there to find all the resources that we mentioned today. And you can also follow along with us on Instagram at The Daily Grace Co. Thank you so much for listening in today. And we will be talking to you very, very soon. (music) 